Welcome back, welcome back to the Wolf Report Radio Series. Today, we have a very special guest. He goes by the name of Big Mike, or Michael Inspire. Follow him on Instagram. Great interview for today. He's a motivational speaker. So we're going to get into that. Uh, What's today? Today is Wednesday, September the 6th. It's late night Wednesday. I'm going to drop this episode on you. I ain't going to waste your time, man. Peace. Alright guys, welcome back to the War Report. We're back in the building. My main man Kenny, he's back. My main Yo, man you Mike. You know the shit, man. What, what, what do you want to be called by? Uh, Michael Inspire? No, Mike is cool. Mike know, is like, cool. Yeah, that's just the brand name. Big Mike. Mike. Is, yeah. Big Mike is in the building. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, man, Kenny, we gave you a time uh, uh, last uh, time you were here to introduce yourself. Please let Big Mike introduce himself. Who are you? What do you do for the people, man? Uh, my name is Big Mike. Um, people know me as Michael Inspire, Big Bro Mike, and um, I'm just a motivational speaker. Um, that's just about the title. I guess you gotta give yourself a title these days. Yeah. Um, so um, I guess that's the closest thing to it. Um, but I love what I do. I'm basically out here to basically like, make the world a better place. Okay. Um, I never had a big brother growing up. My big brother um, lived all the way in England because my dad had a, a kid and another relationship. So um, I always wanted wow. to have a big brother. So um, I said that you know what, like I want to be that big brother to the kids and the um, to the youth, yeah, and to be that thing that I never had. So the goal is to basically be the big brother to the youth and to everyone around me that has been placed in front of me. Okay, uh, my first question has to be like, you kind of answered it already. Yeah. Like, what made you want to be a motivational speaker? But like, really, what made you want to be it? Like, say like you're in college, right? I'm, I'm you're you're an athlete, right? Yes. You play ball. Yes. Like, did you all, did you know then that you wanted to be a motivational speaker, or like how did that evolve? Actually, funny thing about it was, um, like, I took public speaking my freshman year. You got to take a course. Every college, I think, requires that. Yeah. And I took public speaking, and I got a C. But my first speech, I killed it. Yeah. And I said, you know, I like this a lot. Wait, how'd you get a C if you, if you killed the first speech? Yeah, because I just kept, like, you know, just going <laughs> bad on topics and other stuff like that. Okay. So, and then I said, yo, I like this. And I asked um, my teacher, I said, is there, like, a career for this or something like that? And he couldn't really give me an answer. He said, yeah, people do it. But it's like, you know, not like in a career sense. Yeah. And I remember one day when I, because at first I attended Mount Eastern Shore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember my coach sat me down and he showed me like the NBA draft. And he said, Mike, everybody here, um, you know, like they do something great. But they said like at the end of the day, their career is going to end soon. So he said, I'm not trying to shoot your dreams down. But my thing is that when basketball ends, what will you do? Yeah. And then he showed me E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher. And um, Even back then. Yeah, This is a long time ago. Yeah, this is like a wild long time ago. And the speech moved me. But then again, I never, ever thought I was going to be a speaker. Yeah. And then I was a fashion major. So I thought fashion was going to be my thing. Like, I just said, you know, I'm going to rock with fashion. Fashion your thing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be humble now. Ain't nothing wrong with a fashion career, though. Yeah, nah, ain't nothing wrong with that at all. But um, you want to know I recognize I mean. I don't mean to shift, but I recognize that you don't need a degree for certain things. Sometimes you just need the experience. Okay. So I was a fashion major at Mount Eastern Shore, and then they had us to make pajama pants. I was the only guy in my class, and on top of that, I was the tallest by landslide. So every yeah. girl had to be like, this was 5'3", so their pants weren't that difficult. I'm 6'10". 
So my parents were mad difficult. I said, you know what, I'm done with this major. Yeah. And I switched. And then I went to Montclair State. Eventually went to Montclair State with my boy Kenny, just to cut the story short. And um, I Shout met my mentor. Shout out to the Red Hawks. Shout out to Montclair State. And then I met Dr. Gilbert. And okay. um, he heard my story. And then he said, you know, you should be sharing this. And he gave me a platform one day. And then um, I never looked back. So I guess you could say that, you know, God lined everything um, up in my favor. But I'm glad that he did because I think people gave it to me my freshman year of high school or even in college, I would have messed it up. Okay. Uh, my next question uh, is like, as far as public speaking as it relates to like motivational speaking and how that translates, right? So you said you were a decent public speaker, like a little, at least gifted enough, right? Yes. Back in, when did you notice that you were a good enough public speaker to try to do motivational speaking? Like, how, like what's the transition? I think, um, you know, so crazy is sometimes you don't recognize how booty you are till you stand in front of great people. Yeah. So when I, I thought it was good. Like I said, I thought I thought I killed that speech. And I look back at that speech, I say, you could have did a lot different. You know, even though the guy gave you an yeah. A, that's because everybody in the class was putting Somebody out Somebody videotaped the speech or something like that? Yeah. How'd you, how'd you watch it back? Somebody no, I just, it. I have a good memory about stuff. I can remember okay. stuff like, right. like anything. Like, that's one thing that my mentor loves is that I don't have notes when I speak. I can, like, remember stuff. So it's just, and when I recognized one day was I just gave a speech and then, like, um, a young lady walked up to me and she said like that speech changed my life and um it was like what? wow like you know like you didn't you didn't understand it. and really change can't really be seen until like later down the line yeah but um as a speaker you're only in charge to spark the change you can't make change you know and okay. i think that's the one thing that i had to learn as a speaker and then once i kept getting that constant like you know um remark and constant thing that you know i want to go out and go do something better for my life that's why i knew i was on to something but i put in a lot of work to get to that point I'm um, speaking in class on um, Montclair State. I worked maintenance, so um, like just to get extra money, and so I would sit back and um, I studied the janitor's schedule. Mm-hmm. I knew when they would leave Montclair State. I knew when they were coming on. So yeah. what I'll do is um, I didn't have no nobody was booking me, so I had to get some kind of practice. And so I would go to the classrooms and I would speak to an empty classroom as if it was full of people. And then I wow. just kept I just kept doing it and doing it and doing. It. I still do it to this day. This, this is why you were still in school. Yeah, like yeah, definitely because um. My mentor, like, you know, you can't you can't grow in comfortable places. You can't grow from your couch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, you, oh, you can only go through tough times. And my mentor, I had to take his class, and he told me, like, he'll be like, all right, Mike, come to my next class and speak. Yeah. And then I spoke, but he'll give me a different topic. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm tired of not being ready or having everybody look at me like, all right, when's this guy going to hurt and finish? Yeah. So I said, yo, I just said, you know, I'm going to put in this work. I'm not going to run from this challenge. I'm going to make this what I want to do. I'm going to do what I have to do now. Yeah. And um, step up to the plate. Okay. Um, What's it like controlling a crowd then for you? Like, is it all, does that come natural to you? Uh, Like, what? how, how big is the biggest crowd you ever spoke in front of? And like, what was it like trying to control the crowd and like have them really pay attention and listen to your message? Um, controlling the crowd uh, is, I guess, it comes from off of presence. Um, that's why I guess six ten like lures kids in and yeah. all this because it's like, <laughs> yo, I want to hear what he talks about. And then I don't look like you know, no disrespect to anybody that's going through this. I don't like one of them ex ball players that you know did drugs or something like that, or you know, like one bankrupt or something like yeah, that. You I look gotta, like you don't got to do that. Spiel. Yeah, like you know, I don't have to give that to them, but I don't look like that neither. Yeah. And I come there looking like them, saying so like, "Well, we want to hear what he has to say." And a lot of times, to be honest, some principals and some guys counselors, they don't think I can't control the crowd, mm-hmm. just looking at me from off the top. But then when I come in there, like my mentor gave me this advice. He said, "Don't think like a speaker, think like the audience." So 
I want to think like the person that's in those seats. Cause I, I was the kid in that seat. I know what's boring. I know what's not. I, yeah. I, I know. I know what's popping. I know yeah. what can really grab their ears. So my speech is not really just me throwing a bunch of information at you. Yeah. My speech is me going on your level, making whatever wisdom I got from the OGs and from um, church and um, from books that I read, making it palatable for you, and then you could get it. You know, like back in the day, they didn't have Gerber. The mother yeah. just chewed on the food and then she fed it to the baby. So that's my job. It's like as a big brother. Yo, I'm gonna take whatever wisdom I got, chew on it, and give it to you. So if I had to do it through a poem, um, stories, mm -hmm. uh, whatever the case may be, I do it. Um, it's kind of like I could be everything that I wanted to be in life. I knew I wasn't funny enough to be a stand-up comedian, but <laughs> I, I knew I was like, I I don't want to be a pastor. Like I, I love God. That's my walk. I'm a youth pastor at my church. Yeah. But um, I was just like, I don't want to be a pastor, you know. And then I said, um, also, but I want to combine all this. And then, but I'm not a politician. I'm not crooked like politicians. So I just said, well, let me just find somewhere I can connect with people. Yeah. And I found speaking, and then that's what I do. So I just basically, I basically relate to the kids, and um, or the audience or whatever it is. So my biggest crowd probably has been like 500 plus. Oh wow. Um, it was a school, and it, and to be honest, I think hood kids is probably the um kids that you gotta take the toughest time with. But my toughest crowd for me is probably um. The smaller the group, sometimes it's like for me the more difficult, and that's scary because most people deal, struggle with big groups, like they pee in their pants. Yeah. But for me, when I see bigger crowds, I'm like, all right, cool. Cause I know that if you're not feeling it, I don't gotta focus on you the whole day. I can focus yeah. on the somebody next person. Somebody else is gonna feel it. Yeah, somebody else is gonna feel it. So that's why I just keep going and just say, you know what? Like I like this. So we, well, um, the hope is, the goal is, it's to fill up Madison Square Garden. Maybe that'll be one of my biggest crowds. Okay. So, okay. That's the yeah. goal. Uh, well, you did mention, right, that uh, motivational speaking, right? You're not, like, you're, you're supposed to be the spark. And that was one of the questions that I have for you. Is yeah. like, and Kenny, you could uh, jump in as well as far as your opinion on this. Like, as far as, like, what you say to uh, the youth, right, when you speak to them, right? Yeah. They could take that information and run with it, or they could, it could go one ear and out the other. So, like, my, my question for you is, like, what about the follow-up, like, to reach the kids? You know what I'm saying? Like, you could say whatever you want to them as far as motivational speaking. And, like, some kid, like, the like the kids that's real smart, you know what I'm saying? They're yeah. going to take that and they're going to really use that in a positive light. Definitely. But what about the kid that's going, that's like, he hears you. Yes. He hears you, but then he walks out and, like, he got to go home to all these other different social problems. Like, like, what's your strategy as far as reaching those kids? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's your opinion on that? Um, I think um, like you know the goal is to reach everybody, but of course you know you can't. Yeah. Um, sometimes in every speech, um, you know you want to be, be as optimistic as optimistic as possible. But um, one thing I do is um, social media. Um, I, I'm never scared to uh, get these kids um, any connection to me. You know, so uh, if if they say hey, you know, like people don't understand how much walking up to someone and ask for the information what can happen the worst i can say is no yeah um, I, I was in front of a millionaire um um like in one of the top uh, sports performers in the country and um i was nervous um when i met him cause i didn't know who he was he happened to just say his name i was like what and then i said you know what and i was going home to talk to my girlfriend at the time i said y'all mad i probably will never see this man again i saw him again i said i'm gonna make sure that i never miss this opportunity to yeah. get this man information so like and then he took me underneath his wing and that's how i met dr gilbert mm. so people will never know understand how much 
that, that like you could meet someone or just ask for the information how much your, your life yeah. could change so when they walk up to me and say hey you know can I get your information I said alright cool you know and we sit down we rap um, you know social media you could like you know slide in my DMs if you want you know and just ask me a question people yeah. will never understand so like I'm always that so available. you always try to like leave yourself open oh, always because for anybody that might come up to you like after your speech or yeah. like you know I'm, no, I'm no superhero You know what yeah. I'm saying So I want to make sure That yo You feel Mike And I'm open Because that's I can't be a brother If I'm not present in your life yeah. I'm just a speaker So you know um, I want to just say You know what Hey Here's my information What's up Let's rap Let's talk And now me and Kenny And, um, and my team We're working on Doing something like weekly To like you know um, So that it'll leave more Of them indelible mark On the kids Yeah And um, also So that they can get me When they can't Like even when I can't Go to their school Yeah So that's They can still Like hear your message Yeah anything and, and, um, and that's And that's the main Important thing So I always try to Make sure that I leave some kind of Outlet I never want a kid To feel like you know That they don't want To reach out to um, That they don't have No one to reach out to I know what that feels like Yeah Kenny were you about To say something Yeah no, nah, I was just gonna say That the biggest thing In terms of um, keeping the kid uh, like engaged, engaged. Yeah, you just gotta let them know that you're there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, cause that's the that's the best you could do. Like, if someone doesn't want help or if they're not looking for help, they're not gonna get it because they're not looking for it. Okay. But once they come looking for it, I mean, the best Mike is literally the best outlet. So anybody, you should hit him up. He got the best advice. Like I've learned from his advice many times. You know what I'm saying. So like. Nah, that's all I want to say because that's yeah. just what I try to do, you know. Okay, all right. Well, uh, just to piggyback off of that, right? Um, the kids of today, right? The kid, the youth yeah. of 2017 that you encounter, right? Are they yeah. still suffering from like the the stereotypical things that black people or like not just black people? Are, I'm sure you deal with other races, right? Yes. But like, say for example, the stereotype for black kids used to be, oh, they don't got no fathers, right? Mm-hmm. In the household, or they got a single mom, or whatever the case may be. Do you feel like kids are still suffering from that type of thing or they're suffering from like the social media like realms of that? You know what I mean? Or like online bullying and stuff like that. Like what type of kids do you encounter when you when you go out and you speak to kids and stuff like that? Um, I think you want to know. It's or, is, or is it a wide spectrum of all that stuff? Yeah, it's definitely a wide spectrum. But the crazy thing about it is I think the kids suffer more from their peers than they do. Um. From things that are going on at home now there's a lot of issues going on at home that can impede anything that i'm saying or the teachers are saying but sometimes at this generation what i notice the most is that they're so caught in a comparison contest yeah and that's what social media puts in their face so a kid is like that a lot of how, kids how, how does it go though is it uh competition as in like oh he got on better sneakers like what are we talking it's, about it's it's, it's, it's every- a it's a myriad of things and and that's a why special but it's it's like they're they're running the wrong race yeah. And it's kind of unfortunate because it's like when you tell it, it's like my main thing I want to get across to kids. I know how hard it is because I didn't have all I had was MySpace back then. Yeah. And from MySpace to my place back then, that's all I had. So like you know maybe like Black Planet. I don't know if cats even remember Black Planet. Well, I never used it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like I remember it, but never used. Yeah, never where, had to. Where me, I was barely on. Like you know, my mom was even playing that. So like. But like they they compare themselves and they may even be sneakers or and the thing about it is it's rare you hear kids compare themselves about things that matters most yeah. like grades yeah. you know what I'm saying like you know like actually kids feel like some kids feel like being smart is not in like they may not say it but their actions say it okay and sometimes you have to really and the thing I know about kids is um, and even adults because a lot of adults say they want to change or they want the best life but sometimes we have become comfortable in our generation regardless of age 
of knowing what to say but not doing what we say like so so we'll so we'll know like you know what listen like i want to lose the weight or i should talk positive but it's like after a while it's like how is that after a while that becomes an answer machine and it's not really your true self responding so yeah. a kid so a okay. kid can say all these dope things like yo i love myself but it's really like they're masking something that is like they're buried in and yeah. that's like maybe insecurities um maybe like they feel like they're not far enough and the, and the main thing i want kids to recognize i always tell them this is just focus on your own race that if that if you do it that if you do it that way and don't look left or right like You'll Keep make it to that finish line, and then and that's how and that's how horses get to the finish line. Yeah, with like the when blind. they run, yeah, with the blinders. But sometimes kids don't, they, they don't want to like take that mindset on. Like when a, a lion trainer is inside the, uh, when a lion trainer goes inside the cage, he brings a stool. And reason why he brings a stool, because when he flips it on his four legs, it paralyzes the lion mentally because he's trying to focus on the four legs at once. So the lion gets dizzy because his mind is thinking like I gotta focus on these four legs when really he should focus on the person that has that's holding the four legs. Like you know what I'm saying? Like so right, now he's right. making a spectacle of him. The trainer is no more than like 150 pounds, 200 max. Yeah. The lion is 500 pounds. He could kill him in a bite. Yeah. But because his focus is not on the right things, yeah. now all of a sudden he's confusing. He's paralyzed mentally. All right, I know you like you mean that literally or like figuratively? No, I'm, I'm like like literally like figuratively like the lion won't. If you watch anything, they're like they're going in with the stool, yeah, and they won't. And, and the lion will be like under his influence, and that's how a lot of us are. We focus on so many things at once, and like one of my favorite speakers, like Et, says, wherever your focus goes, your energy flows. Yeah. So like, and if you don't know where, and in this day of time with your craft, you're not the only person with your dream. You need as much energy as possible to go towards what's important not what's not important so you focus on the fact that you know what he got more sneakers than me here or he got this he got that you running the wrong race yeah. at the end of the day listen you go in warren buffett house you probably won't see a pair of jordans yeah you get what i'm saying but like at the end but you look at warren Buffett's portfolio you can see enough for him to buy jordan you know yeah. what i'm saying like so it's just like you have to know your worth and what's important now and it's nothing wrong with looking nice but at the end of the day we gotta especially our community um Regardless of race, because now just starting to tweak its way into the suburban community, we have to stop wanting to look like a million dollars and start working towards making a million dollars. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, just to break that down a little bit, right? Because we're speaking about like people talking about what they want to do or like projecting yeah. what they want the world to see, right? But yes. then like they're not really living by their own moral code, right? Yeah. So like, and there are adults like that too. Yeah. So like break that down a little bit further a little bit because like i know like i have a set of, of morals that i set out for myself but i'm not perfect yes right so like how do you break down from like sticking to your agenda and sticking to what staying true to yourself but knowing that you're like not perfect at the same time because now i'm i'm listening to you as far as like how i could get better you know what I'm yes. saying? How, how i could progress stuff like that so What's your opinion on that? You know what I mean? Do you just go as hard as you can and yes. not worry about uh, like trying to be perfect or like? Because me, perfection is is the goal, but it really yes. you really can't reach it, right? Because yes. it's perfection. Nobody's perfect. So like, how do you get past that? Um, I think that one thing um um like my other mentor um David Howe always told me that um you know like if you focus on being perfect and since you're aiming at something that you know like that you can't reach, but a lot of times we run to like oh I'm not perfect as our first excuse so I think that like mm. I, I aim for perfection yeah. but I never say I'm not perfect but also I'm recognizing that sometimes like I'm more focused on giving my best than being perfect okay because at the end of the day like you know like at the end of the day when I die I want to say that like I know I gave my all 
sometimes like prime example we saw teams um, me and kenny watched the team on my girls team they were undefeated but does that mean that they were giving their best so they may have a perfect record but it doesn't mean that they was giving their best yeah so it's like when you know that at the end of the day yo you gave your best at the end of the day you could put your head on that pillow and know that i gave my all mm -hmm. that's all that matters and then once you start from there and understand also just be so present sometimes especially us because we have some people that we sit back and we may go to college with this person they make it six figures already yeah we probably still living in our mom's crib yeah. you know and it's like dad like yo they got their own spot you know making good money i think that the first thing i do understand the first thing i think you had to do is say yo listen I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm going to give my best. And I'm not going to compare myself because actually my biggest enemy in life, my biggest opponent in life is myself. Yeah. Like, you know, at the end of the day, like, I could play a million people in basketball. I could go against a million speakers. Mm -hmm. But once I took the shift off of, hey, listen, you're not my biggest opponent. I'm my biggest opponent. Mm -hmm. That's when no matter what I face in the game or no matter what I face in life, I know that I'm going to bring my best because I've been putting in the work every day Yeah. to be at that moment. Well... What do you say to people who say back to you, well, oh, that's easier said than done. You know what yes. I mean? Or like, because I try to focus on my energy myself and like yes. try to quiet out the outside world or, yes. right? or like when I meditate or something like that. Yes. And it's in, it is easier said than done. They're like Definitely. really like cut off all distractions and, and, and give it your best every single day. Yes. So like, what do you say to people who hear you, who hear you, they want to, they want to change, but like. After you leave them, after like your presence obviously leaves them in their life, you know what I'm saying? They do nothing with it. Yeah. But like, like, what's your response to that? You know what I mean? Like, how do you get past that? Do you just move on and just try to influence the next person, or you want to the next one? Like, how's it go as far as what you do in your craft? You know what I'm saying? Because as a motivational speaker, you would think like, nah, like, nah, like I, yeah. I said it once. I'm trying to get through you no matter what. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how, how you get past that? Um, yo, I think that A is like motivation is like showering. Like, you know, just like I, I don't take a bath um, once a year. You know what I'm saying? I take a bath every day. Yeah. So I think that like we need to be um, reminded and motivated every day while we do what we do. So in my room, um, in my room, in my apartment right now, um, I have um, my Montclair State jersey um, that is probably like one of the worst nights of my life was my senior night. Yeah. So I have like my Montclair State jersey. I have pictures of like, like just like this, like how you get the setup, but it's just that like everything that reminds me of my life is something that I'm surrounded around a thing that I grind for. Then when I look up at my ceiling, it's, um, it's Mike, it's time to get up. It's time to put in the work. You promised your grandmother. You promised everybody. Like, let's go. So when I wake up and I see that, I know that I have no time to sleep or no time to... And I'm like, get your rest. I ain't saying, like, don't get yeah. your rest. But I'm just saying that when you hold yourself to a certain standard, like, I surround myself around that because I know that at the end of the day, like, we need to be motivated and reminded daily. So, like, writing stuff down, having stuff out, and also having an accountability group. Because you know what, bro? We not always going to be on the ball. Yeah. I wish I could sit here and lie to you and say, you know what? Like, that I'm on the ball 120% every day. <laughs> but it's not like that. And that's the importance of a team. Yeah. Like, like, like we have Jordan and we have Curry stuff around and Kobe. But, like, they would have never went. Kobe was booty when he was dropping all these numbers. He was, he would be, he was going to the playoffs, but he wasn't getting no championship. Yeah. But when Kobe got the right players on his team. That's when he was able to go to a championship level. Okay. So I think that that's what helped people out. It's like those days when you can't drop the bucket. Some of Jordan's best games or, or the games that he closed series in, he wasn't doing his best. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? But he let his other players come in and then got him 
until he was able to snap out of whatever funk he was in or at least get his groove going. So I think that's the importance of having a team, having people around you that's gonna keep you accountable. You can't go to the top with people who are still having a, a like a basement mentality. Okay. So like so that a lot of times the reason why we remain where we at because we close either the people that we need out or we letting the wrong people in. Mm. And you know what I'm saying? And it's like you gotta make sure you have the right people in your circle so that when it does get tough, at least you know that yo, listen, this person loves me as I am, but yeah. they love me even more to not let me stay where I am. Mm. Like like eagles, so eagles rarely fly like in groups. But whenever you see an eagle with another set of eagles, it's when the eagle go through a shedding process. Mm. Where like, you know, cause his his wings to pick up mad dirt and guck from flying all over the place. So he has to go out and like shed all his wings and everything like that. So he's a ball, like literally ball, like yeah. done. So now the other eagles have to come and help him out until he gets right again. Mm. And after he gets right again, he's right back on his feet and then now he's flying he's again. He's dolo again. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But like, he would never got back to that point. He would have starved at that moment. If it wasn't for his it team. It wasn't for the other Eagles, it wasn't for the team. So you know what I'm saying? So, you, so like now, when you get in that low space, that's when you really know who your homies are. Yeah. Okay. When, when I when I when I had no room and board, Kenny opened his door. My boy Dre opened his door. Kaz, mm-hmm. all, all my boys opened their door. So I knew who my boys was because in that in that moment of time where I didn't have nothing, like my church opened their doors. Yeah. You know, so I knew it. And you could judge a man when he has nothing, when he has everything. Mm-hmm. So I said, I knew, I was like, all right, I know who my boys are now and I never forgot them. Yeah. Because that's when I had to get my wings right because we all go through that process. Having okay. the best of us. Yo, Kenny, really quickly, uh, what do you do to like self-motivate yourself and, and, and keep going and making sure that you're on the ball? I'm going to be honest, right now, I don't even have to do nothing because my life don't stop. Yeah. So like, you just you, all right. Like I like what I know is the goal, the overall goal, is so many years away from me, and my schedule is so busy right now mm-hmm. that I don't even have to think. I wake up, my alarm goes off. I'm like, I right, bet it's time to work every day. Like I'm never like okay. It's to the point You're one that of those my people that gets into the groove that you want to be in as far as hard working and staying busy and staying like doing accomplishments stuff like that right. that once you're in it you don't want to get out of it no most definitely like and that's something that like I always tried to surround myself with and okay. like I think anyone who really knows me and sees all the people that I do keep around me everyone works hard as hell yeah so like okay. I mean, that's just it's more like I would just call it a lifestyle Mm. I think that's what your, your, your grind has to become your lifestyle. Okay. I think that you know that's the main thing. It has to. Become. If it doesn't, then it's not for you. Like a lot of people, a lot of people in our generation want to be entrepreneurs, and it's like, yeah, they really. Some people just want to do it because they just want to wake up when they want. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, yo, you think you got a bad answer to a boss you don't like? Try answering to yourself mm-hmm. and know that you got to look like you. You your own. Listen, you your own boss. So if you don't eat, it's on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so a lot of us want to be entrepreneurs. But it's like, why do you really want to be an entrepreneur? Like, do you want to do it for the financial freedom? Do you want to do it because you know it frees you up to do more? Like, I want to do it because it frees me up to be, um, to be more accessible to other lanes. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, so like, but I, when I first became an entrepreneur, I said it in my mind, but I didn't act it out in my feet. You know, so it was like I found myself not having the money, not having everything. So I said, you know, you got to make adjustments. I made the adjustments. I recognized that this has to become a lifestyle. Everything affects everything. That's what Jim Rome says. So if if you compromise in here, you may not be compromised in this area, but eventually you will mm. because it's going to sneak its way right in there. Yeah. So it's best to deal with compromise in the area. So that's why, like, let's say, like, I'm compromising in the gym. 
I'm doing two sets, so I know I should be doing three. Yeah. You know, or, or I'm not giving my all. It's like, all right, cool. Then no shortcuts. Yeah, you know, like, and, and you 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 recognize it. And sometimes, see, the thing about it is, I noticed when I was driving here, you can take shortcuts and it may get you there faster, but sometimes shortcuts may lead to more traffic. Yeah. And it's like, yo, you gotta just make sure, listen, if this is the route that you're supposed to take, take it. So that when someone sit your craft in front of you, they can't say you cheated or you shortcutted the system. Like, you know, like, yo, you did it your way. And um, and when it becomes your lifestyle, you become immersed in it. And no one really has to motivate you. It comes from within. But a lot of us are motivated from, like, bad things happening. Like, I thought I worked hard, but till I got hit with something or till I was around someone that worked even harder, I was like, dang, I don't work hard at all. Yeah. So that, okay. that, that, that kind of hurt it. All right. My next question for you would be, uh, do you take... I guess like styles from other motivational speakers and then add it to your game like what's your like who do you study as far as like motivational speaking and like who are you influenced by as far as like they did it before you and now you want to kind of follow in their footsteps I know you're trying to I guess carve out your own lane of course yeah. but uh like who are you influenced by who do you most listen to as far as motivational speaking uh, other than yourself um I, I definitely so um when I first started I used to listen to ET the Hip Hop Preacher a lot yeah. um and then and why well, like He's been like very popular, right? Yes. Over the past like two year span, I would say, yes. like more popular, even up to date. So yes. like he's more popular now than he was probably two years ago. Yes. Uh, but you heard about him a long time ago. Yes. I assume, like five years ago, damn. Yeah, near. five, six years ago. Yeah, like what was he doing five, six years ago? He wasn't he wasn't as big or he was as big, just hadn't hit like social media mainstream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I think it is, cause cause like every I feel like everybody knew about him then. And just hearing his story um just helped me out uh so much. But also I learned through him, I learned the power of a team. Mm. He would never he was always out there speaking, but his team helped get him to the place that he was today. So I, I learned that um from him. But also um I was never a reader. Um mm. I was um I, I finished my first book my senior year in college. Okay. So um and um I, I heard this quote that um if you want to hire something from a black person, put it in a book. So I want to see what they was hiding from us. Yeah. So I started reading books. I started getting all this information. I heard information changes situations. So I wanted to change my situation. So I started reading because when you listen, and I listen to everybody, bro, from um, John Maxwell, who's like one of the top leadership people in the world, um, Tony Robbins, um, mm -hmm. T.D. Jace, Joel Osteen, my pastor, my mentors. I study everybody. Um, Abraham Lincoln said, um, I learned something from everybody. And usually I learn what not to do. So if someone's a, if I'm at a conference, I hear other speakers, if, if they stink it up, I'm learning what not to do. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like you gotta learn something from everybody. So I, I sit back and watch anyway. And actually, I'm learning from performers. Mm -hmm. So like, if I happen to go like like to a concert or or to an event, I want to know what they do to grab their audience. So I'm studying the Beyonces, the Jay Zs, the whomever I, you know, the Ty Tribbets, whomever. That like it's changing the game and changing yeah. their lane. Whoever can control the crowd. Yeah, you know, like I, I want to know what they're doing. So you know, and um, I study Kobe. So it's it's all these things I'm I'm doing to like make sure that I'm bringing this one product because that's how I am with fashion. Mm -hmm. I didn't like how Kanye West dressed. I like parts of it, but mm -hmm. I didn't like how Andre 3000 dressed. I like parts of it. Yeah, but I didn't like you know. So I said you know let me pull this this and this. Let me make the mic. You yeah. know, and then that's how I do with. There's nothing um, wrong with that. Yeah, and then that's how I do with speaking. Cause I watch a lot of poetry, like Deaf Poetry Jam, and and this um and uh, this Christian poetry. I watch a lot of it, so I could bring a unique experience. Um, it's like you no know, my own concoction. So I just studied a lot of the greats. So if it's Zig Ziglar and Jim Rome and um you know like Think and Grow Rich and all these other books, I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna get all the information I can, squeeze that orange out of it, and then go to the next one. 
Okay. Um, real quickly, I wanted to touch bases again with the athlete part of uh, yes. who you are, right? So, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure you run into a lot of, like, student athletes of the day. Yes. Uh, like, of course, all, all of them aren't going to make the NBA or NFL, yes. whatever the case may be. Uh, do you feel like kids know that nowadays and are, are looking for different outlets? Or do you feel like, um, you know what I mean, people who just have a passion for sports, you know what I mean, really want to just pursue sports, and then they just kind of will figure it out later, you know what I mean? Plus, if they're on the right path, eventually they'll figure something out eventually, you know what I mean? Like, yes. sports isn't... Being a sports, a student athlete, like, isn't a bad thing at all. You yes. know what I'm saying? Because a lot of the kids, they grow up, and uh, eventually they know they're not going to make, like, a major league team or whatever, and they uh, become productive citizens. So, like, what's your take on that when you when you speak to, like, a student athlete because you used to be one? Yes. And, uh, like, do, do you spend a lot of time, like, telling them that they're not, like, the NBA is very far-fetched, or do you ha- do you do not, not even have to do that? Oh, you know, you know what thing, and I'm, and oh, it's funny you say this because this is one thing that bothers me. That yeah. um, I hate when people say, you know, have a plan B, or um, you know what, the chances you making it is very slim. It's like because then now of a sudden the kid is like, or the young man or young woman is like driving with their break, their emergency brake on. Yeah, and it's like that's I, really it's really a tough situation. Not to like interrupt yeah. you, but like. Of course, a lot of these kids aren't going to make major leagues, right? Yes. Whatever the case, professional athlete, whatever the case may be. Yes. Even as here overseas, right? Some of them are going to make that. Yes. But as a, a motivational speaker, yeah, a lot don't. Like, yes. so, like, how do you how do you tackle that? You know what I mean? Because yes. you don't want to ruin the kid's dream. Yes. Like, you know I mean? You could tell them that they're going to be all they could be, but. Yes. You know what I mean? It just may not be the way that they envisioned it. You know what I mean? So, like, Definitely. not to interrupt you again, oh, but, you're like. Not. Yeah, how do you tackle that, bro? I, I basically tell them, um, this is the best advice I got. Um, go as far as you can go, and then when you go as far as you can go, you can see even further than where you were. So okay. it's like a lot of us say, like, yo, you know what? Yo, you're not going to make it. It's like, hey, you know what? How about you ride this wave until you can't ride it no more and then see where it can take you elsewhere? Okay. It may not be to the NBA. Like, I promise you, I rode this wave, and then it got me a job at the NBA. Yeah. You know, it got me into speaking. If I would have quit when I felt like quitting, when everybody said, you know, eh, maybe you should just be a regular student, I would have never been in this place right now. Yeah. So it's like, you know what? Yeah, the chances of you making it is slim to none. But it's like, at the end of the day, even if I would have made it to the NBA, been a, a Hall of Fame player, if when I die, I don't want anyone, if they say, yo, Mike's a basketball player, that's the first thing that come out their mouth at my funeral, I didn't do my job. Yeah. Even as a speaker, yo, Mike was one of the best speakers I ever heard. I, I didn't do my job. Yeah. I want to go to my grave with no regrets, no questions. I want to have answers and rewards. And sometimes the biggest reward you can get is not making it to the NBA, but knowing that you get your all to make it to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And now you can close that door, which I, I know a lot of athletes to this day. Mm-hmm. That are still struggling with that door, but at least you can know I gave my all. Some people may be struggling with injury. Like I know, like one of the girls, like a little sister to me, and she's still grinding to this day. Um, was one of the hardest workers I ever saw at Montclair State. Yeah. But like you know, injury kept um, injury has subsided her season. Injury bug. Yeah, you know, and, and it's like, but listen, this goes far as you can go and then you can see further i can't see my i live in orange right now i can't see orange from right here but if i walk even further up central avenue i can see more i can see closer and closer yeah. like so don't get so it's like some people tell and like it's like i hate i hate it when i even not hear it's a strong word i dislike when i hear like the lebrons tell kids like hey we need more doctors it's like yo lebron like not for nothing like i grew up in the hood like you know yeah. like so to keep it a hundred 
if I don't go to if I don't give this ball my all, mm-hmm. I can't go to college. Yeah. Let me be dumb enough that I'm going to go to the NBA so I can at least get a free education off of it. Yeah. You know, like okay. and, and, that's and an it's, interesting way to look. You at know, it. like it, it's like because sometimes it's like because me. Believing I was going to go to the NBA was a thing that made me walk from Irvington all the way to Union to go put in work, to yeah. catch mad buses, and to get to Patterson just to put in work to go to high school. So it was like, I believed it that much that, listen, you know what? At least I'm going to get an education out this whole ordeal. Yeah. So it's like, don't shoot Which a kid's a great dream thing. down. Yeah. yeah. Don't, 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 don't shoot a kid down. Just like let them go as far, push them. But also, in the same sense, what I also do is I help kids like, God and find their passion because a lot of kids just say it because their friends saying it mm. you know a lot of kids don't really believe they're gonna go to the NBA anyway they're saying it because their friends say it you know they don't want to and once you tell the kids how much work is required that's when everything shifts mm. you know that's when every, even with adults you say you listen you know what you want to knock off 15 pounds they be like and that's how you know you're dealing with an average or a great person because mm. because an average person an average and even a good person say that I gotta do all that while a great person saying that's all I gotta do. Mm-hmm. Like you know, what I'm saying like that's all I gotta do is that. And it, it, the, the question changed. Dang, that's I gotta do all that. When it's, that's all I gotta do. So it's like once you mention the grind to a lot of kids, that'll cancel some of them out. Okay, uh, adults out. But once you just say, "Yo, go your hardest." Like like one of my kids at, at when I went to Virginia State, he knew he couldn't play for our team, but he was one of our best managers. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like, yo, listen, just go as far as you can, and eventually, life and God will open the doors up. For you to see further because sometimes certain things are not meant to be revealed to us at this age okay. like you know certain things in life like yeah. i love my son kenny loves my son you know what i'm saying like yeah. i want to bless my son with a car my son's six he has no business with a car yeah you get what i'm saying like let me let him be 16 17 and let me give him a little hoopty to let him know like all right listen you know his son hit your car yeah because he's not ready to drive a car now a lot of us want to like likes to reveal the whole dream and our whole purpose to us certain things you won't get right now because you're not ready for that's it. a fact you know like you'll just keep going and it'll reveal itself to you like, like i said at the top of the hour i'm glad that god didn't reveal to me about speaking because i would just say you know what forget basketball i'm gonna give my all to this yeah. when it's like no you needed basketball to provide that content and that fire so now i bring a basketball mindset to speaking yeah so now it changed everything for me okay all right, uh, you spoke about you wanted to be an entrepreneur because uh, it allows you to, like, dip, in, dip and dabby into different lanes, right? So, yes. like, my next question for you is, like, where do you see yourself best utilized, you know what I'm saying, as far as... I know you do the motivational speaking, yes. right? But, like, where do you want to take this? Like, how far does it go for you? Like, what do you see at the end of the, end of the tunnel as far as, like, what do you want to do and, like, how you can be best utilized in, in, in not just this year but beyond... And like where where we're taking this thing? Uh, my goal is um to really uh change the whole trajectory of education for um um kids not only in um North but also or in New Jersey but also in the world mm-hmm. like over in Africa um, wherever I could leave a, a mark at um and I want to open my own school um I want uh, me and my boys um tribe um we call ourselves tribe just because we didn't want to be a gang so we just said tribe that's nice so um I like that so uh, I just want to get in a place where it's like. I'm tired of seeing kids going to these charter schools and um, the charter schools are probably not meeting the need. They're probably just doing this just so, you know, because these kids have dollar signs on their heads and don't even know it. Because mm. education becoming more of a business instead of an essential. Now, we could, hold on now, before you go any further, right? Yes. So, you're one of the first subjects I had on the war report talk about charter schools, right? Yes. Now, I'm not really in the education realm anymore yes. to really speak on that. Yes. Um, I do know a few people that are like teachers at charter schools and stuff like that. 
what do you feel like is the problem with charter schools in general as far as like the money output and like yes. each student is obviously worth a, a, a certain amount to yes. the government to the school but as far as the curriculum you know what i'm saying are you familiar with like a charter school curriculum yes what seems to be the problem um you know some schools to be honest it's not even the curriculum um sometimes it's the staff and the funding yeah so it's just like you know um like, like the curriculum may be coming from a good place but sometimes i think like you know we're trying to change um we're trying to change it's like it's like we're trying to put 20 inch rims on a hoopty you know it's like you walk around you see a like, like a ford escort a 92 ford escort with some like dope and i think that we're i think what we're trying to do is like we're trying to like just charter schools has become the new liquor store in the hood like you know wow it's like everywhere you turn around it's another charter school and it's like yo why can't we just fix up the public school system where it's like we don't have to run or at least or let us all come together with all these charters, uh, like, you know, like let one charter school come together so that there won't be so many chiefs and will be more Indians. Yeah. Like, you know, cause it's just like, like, you know, our schools are not preparing our kids for college. Yeah. A lot of these schools are just forcing certain things that's increased their bottom line. Mm. You know, to say, hey, we sent this amount of kids. And that's the goal. The goal is to have every young man, young woman win. I mean, that's the goal that that's the goal of my school when I open it. Yeah. But it's just that like what you want them to do is to be better agents of change when they go out in society so that they're not usurping um, from their environment any more than the government or the past has done for them. Mm. Like I want like every every kid that walks through the doors of um of the school that um, we're looking to create, I want them to come out and be better. Now, will they all? I, I mean, I hope so, but probably not. But I think that above all else is that like I think schools have to really ask themselves is connect with the kids I think also that a lot of these times we're not holding parents accountable mm. um like and I think that um, that we have to start doing that because if I'm going hard every day to teach you certain things principles and then you go home and they're untaught that's tough because now I'm competing and it's like we're doing tug of war with these kids yeah also we're not teaching kids that certain certain life skills like you know it's like we're teaching math English and like you know science we're not teaching them like you know business how to articulate mm -hmm. how to like you know um also confidence sometimes a lot of our kids and financial awareness sometimes a lot of our kids don't even think that they qualify for certain things because they don't know yeah or like you know they don't know that they're great like is there a class to speak to the young lady to tell her about how to handle situations when a young boy you know i'm um, telling you that you're beautiful and you never heard it before so now all of a sudden you want to open your legs to keep him because he gave you something that you never heard before mm -hmm. or the or the fact that you know what or for the young man who has so many temptations around his way and he feels like that selling drugs is the only option when it's not yeah you made it the only option but it's like when you like no one's really teaching these kids that and someone asked a gang leader one time why are you so effective in your recruitment and he said because i'm always there like mm. when they leave school i'm there when they have a game i'm there like you yeah. know so it's like so it's like the problem with our generation is i'm speaking to like you know 34 and younger is that we become so caught up in making a dollar that we're not making a difference like, yeah you know so it's like we're so caught and it's like yo you don't gotta be a speaker i tell you that every time you don't gotta be a speaker but yo listen my story may not move everybody mm -hmm. your story can yeah like you know my story may be you know what yeah i went to eight high schools i went to three colleges you know i did all this eight stuff. high schools yeah i went to eight high schools oh my god so so i was so like yeah my story did not <laughs> oh, move god. no one they may be like all right yeah you went to eight high schools that's you but your story may move someone share that with someone you don't got you don't need no big platform yeah your platform may be your block maybe your kitchen maybe your house 
but just take that person day by day and then together as a village we can change all these schools and whether they go to a charter public or catholic or private these kids know that they have someone to count on yeah. this generation is walking around with nobody to count on that's very that's very very interesting man and we could talk about the whole charter versus public school yeah. thing um like for hours upon hours, yeah, right? Because and uh, some people that may actually say that no, your your wild and study show this and that, and I'm not here to argue no one. You got yeah, your facts. Yeah, that's my heart. That's how I feel about it. Okay, well, one thing about public schools is right. Like, they may have like the facilities and all the books and stuff yes. like that, but like, I feel like by high school, a lot of the kids are just kind of disinterested, just going through the motions. Yes, you know what I mean. And uh, if they've been in public school all of their life. Then they're usually not as prepared to deal with like the uh, requirements that like even high school could bring. So like if you, yes. if you can't do the high school work, how are you gonna do the college work? You definitely. But on but on top of that, it's like, man, like I feel like the public school for the public school thing to change, man, we gotta change it from like the K through. You know what I mean? Yeah. The K through. The K but really, it's a leadership. But, but really, it's a leadership thing. Yeah. Sometimes, cause like, cause like, as, as the t- as the head goes, the body flows. So like, if the superintendent is there for a paycheck, then the teacher's gonna be there for a paycheck. Yeah, and you may catch some people that may be there for the kids, but what we need is more passionate people in our school system. Listen, I love charter schools. I know a lot of charter schools that are changing the whole that they're changing the city and yeah. just in that one breath. Jalen Rose got one in Chicago that's like literally like helping so many kids or Detroit, one of them. Whereas like so many kids are graduating. I think it's in Detroit. Yeah, like you know, this one in Harlem. And I, I just finished working in Harlem with a lot of kids. So I, I'm not against charter schools. Mm-hmm. But what we need is A is we need more men in education. Yeah. Like I think it's the studies show that less than five percent um we, we represent less than 5% of men in education, black men. Wow. So it's like, yo, it's like, dad. It's like, for me, I had one male teacher. Now, I'm telling you, I went to eight high schools, right? Mm-hmm. Eight high schools. I probably had, uh, like, three male black teachers. Uh, wow. from From eight high schools, three male black teachers. You know what I'm saying? And I'm probably overdoing it. It's probably less than that. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like, so... I can't become what I don't know. And it's hard for me even to become something that I've never seen before. How can I become a powerful black man or a man, period, if I'm not seeing a man? Okay. If a lady's telling me that. Now, I ain't saying that mothers can't do it or women can't do it because my mother did it. But it's like, you know, and it's just that you have to you have to put that example in front of kids. And that's why I think that's the goal right now, just to put that in front of kids, um, regardless of what school that they go to, so that we can make sure that we put a better life um, for them. Has there ever been, like... A uh, kid or even an adult that you dealt with that you tried to help but didn't want your help and uh, you saw them go down like the wrong path already. Like, yeah. has that ever happened to you? Yes. Um, actually, you don't got to name any names. Nah, nah. As you know, it's so crazy. So, this is but one like, thing. What, yeah. How, one, how do you deal with that? This one thing that actually picked up my fire for speaking and asked me, actually, review, like, like, reveal how selfish people can be. Yeah. Even me included. So, um, one day, um, like my like my big brother um, Reggie Walker, he's a counselor at Montclair State. He had brought a kiss, a group of kids from Shabazz, and um, one of the kids who had more tattoos than me, he was tatted like on his hand and everything. Yeah. And um, he said, "Y'all want to be with him?" So he came with me, and I showed him around the campus. This is my senior year, and um, I brought him to the gym. We played basketball. We did all these things. Yeah. And then um. My big brother said, yo, give every kid your number. And I gave every kid, and I, so every mentor gave their kid their number. I gave the kid my number. And then I knew what block he'd be on and all that. He said, I'll be on 18th and da-da-da. So I gave him my number, but I thought I did my part. So I did my number, and I changed the last two numbers. 
I didn't give him the right number. To your, to, uh, your phone? Yeah, my phone. I Why would him, you do that? I, I just said, you know what, like, this guy just started, like, even, you know, getting involved with kids. I said, ah, I did my part. He probably not even want to call. Yeah. And then, um, and then one day my bro texted me. He said, he sent me a picture. He's like, yo, bro, remember this kid? I said, yeah. And then I think he about to say, like, yo, his life was changed. He trying to get in contact with me. Um, you know, like, he want to know, like, more about life or whatever. And yeah. then he said, yo, he's been shot and killed. Yeah. And yeah. then sitting in my house, I was thinking, like, what if he needed advice or he needed someone to talk to and I wasn't available? Yeah. And a lot of us is, and, and then I said, you know, I'm going to make sure that, and that's where, like, what ties to what we did earlier. I make sure I'm always available to kids. Yeah. Like, because of that moment. Yeah. I don't want to know. It's like, and, and I had people tell me, like, like, yo, Mike, you don't know what happened. His, that blood's now on your hands. I'm like, yeah, but I also wasn't available. And we never know what could happen because for that one moment, I was thinking selfish. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, why, do you, why do you think the work that you do is so important, man? Like, what, what gives you the drive to keep doing it? And uh, you already talked about why you got into it. You, yes. know, you don't have to touch on, touch on that anymore, but, like, why do why do you continue to do it? You know what I mean. Why do why do you, why do you continue to do it? That's my next question. I have a six year old son, and I recognize that um, one day, daddy's not gonna be cool to him. I hope that I'll be cool to him every day of my life. Yeah. But um, or every day of his life. But daddy's not gonna be cool to him, and um, he's gonna want to do things out there that I may not approve of. And I want to live a life as such that, even if my words may not stick to him. If someone sees him out and about doing something, yeah. they'll be like, "Yo, Dave, chill." You know, like, "Yo, your dad wouldn't do that." Yeah. Or you know, or or you know, "Yo, Dave." You wouldn't be a good example. Yeah. Or Dave, you know what? Your dad changed my life. Because, so I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Do so that. I'm not gonna allow you to do this. Or you can say, because like then I know what I I know what like we're working now and kids. Some kids call me dad that are my son age. That are not my kids Like you know My, my son probably thinking like Dad what you tricking or something Like you know But these kids are calling me dad Because their dad are, Their dad is not around yeah. And that also makes my son Affirm me more So I want my son to um, I want to be that example Because then I could Because there's going to come a time Where my speeches may not even hit I'm going to be some old head You know And I want to just Make sure I'm making a better lane For someone I got to stand in front of God one day And he gave me this gift Mm. And um and you know one thing I don't want him to say is when he asked me Mike what have you done with the gifts that I given you and I said you know oh God well I let this and I let that get in my way like I want people to say that you know what Mike lived this life well I want God to say good good job you know um, yeah and you, you like you did what you had to do I want to die with no regrets Steve Harvey always talk about the most important thing on your grit on your tombstone is that dash between the year the year you was born and the year you died mm -hmm. and it's like like what you did in that dash and, and it's like my grandfather recently passed and we're and we're beginning his funeral is this week and everything like that and um as we like you know doing the you know arrangements and everything i recognize that for a lot of us all we say in people obituaries is the jobs they had how many kids they have if they were married and where they lived at mm -hmm. and it's like i want my obituary to read that i changed lives and to be full people of that I want my obituary I, I have I have a say so On my obituary right now You have a say so On your obituary right now mm. Kenny has a say so And it's like I'm not gonna leave it To no one to say You know what I died The last one anyone to say Is they might have So much potential But he just didn't get to it Yeah You know like I, I wanna so So what motivates me Is legacy mm. Um is, is like Leaving something For my family That I know that I could change Their lives Um I was the first male In my family To graduate from college and sometimes the hardest thing in a race is not being behind and losing, but being in the front and winning. 
yeah. I could have stopped at like you know yo I got the degree but it's like when you want more and when you're chasing legacy you can't get comfortable so it's like my legacy can stop my could, could be the thing that turns my child around could spark the mind for another kid to change their legacy or their family history mm-hmm. my jersey may not be lifted in any rafters in, a, in any NBA gym I could promise you that mm-hmm. but one thing about it is um, that I, I, they could say I changed my family history yeah. um, Kobe missed the most shots in NBA history the most he missed the most shots but when someone told Kobe that you know what like you know you missed the most shots he said not even know it and then he kept shooting the next game so I recognized that in the midst of me shooting miss me going for this legacy and shooting for all these things I'm going to miss shots but that the fact that when I miss shots if I learn from the misses I'll be better off Kobe hit the also hit the most NBA game-winning shots like in the playoffs or something like that Mm -hmm. so it's like Kobe would have never been able to hit those shots if he didn't learn from those misses and he didn't take the shots you know what I'm saying and kept shooting even when people say yo you're missing you're, you're cold so you know what I'm shooting for this legacy. I messed up. I messed up today. I'm probably going to mess up tomorrow. You know, but as long as I learn from my misses and keep shooting, that I could leave my family something. Yeah. And then I could inspire my boys to want to leave their family something. Yeah. What's important is not what I leave in the will, but what I leave in your heart. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I could leave you a million dollars, but if you're broke, your character's broke, if your heart is broke, if your mental's broke, then you're going to blow that $100 and then now all of a sudden the generation stops there. Yeah. But, I, but if I leave you some money, of course, that's a goal. You got to leave your family something. Yeah. Like, you know, but let's say I leave you the million, but now I'm leaving you the character. Now all of a sudden you could turn that million into five. Yeah. And then next generation that million into ten. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so I want to leave not only generational wealth, but generational faith, um, generational endurance, generational guidance, and just that legacy to know, like, you know what? I changed it. And when people understand how powerful they are to their family history, they won't be so lackadaisical about life mm. they won't sit up in a cubicle and say you know what like i right, i'm just gonna be here to collect benefits we're in a different age yeah most heart attacks occur on monday by men because they want to quit their job but they can't and they recognize all the burdens that they got so then the pressure of everything weighs on them and then it's over yeah you get what i'm saying like yo listen i'm not here for that i'm, I'm here to make a difference and um and that's how life's gonna go for me. And mm. you know, and then I pray that like everything that I do changes everyone around me, but also that I'm changed that people that are around me that are changing me. So just like seeing you, seeing all this around me, this will give me more inspiration for when I go back to my spot. Seeing you do this, this goes back to my like seeing you this go back to me, me go back to the lab and say, I appreciate right, you know what? that. I'm gonna do that. So it's that importance and just recognizing how important your life is. Yeah. Nobody's here. No, I don't care what nobody here. If you got disability. That won't stop you. The biggest disability is a weak mind. Mm. Is a negative attitude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's people out here who's crippled, who's willing themselves and doing great jobs and giving speeches with no arms, no legs, and and you know, or writing books. Helen Keller said the person is not blind when they don't have sight, a person is blind when they don't have vision, you mm. know, for their life. So it's like, yo, you gotta have vision for your life. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, you know, how can Stevie Wonder win Grammys? But a lot of us out here are asking for handouts as up and coming artists. When yeah. it's like, yo, listen, Stevie Wonder was blind, but he had a talent, and he didn't let his he didn't let his handicap handicap him. Yeah. So a lot of us was looking for handicaps. You know what? Just look for your just find your lane, stick to that joint, and understand. Listen, this will lead to your legacy. And even if this ain't it, at least you know you could go. You gave your all, mm. like you know, and understand that the time is now. You can't do certain things when you're 40 or you doing when you're 16. You yeah. know, like, so recognizing the importance of time. I can give you a million dollars and now be great. But if I give you an hour, 
I can't get that back. I can yeah. get that million back. If yeah. I bust my behind, I can get that hour back. If that's the case, Steve Jobs would have brought more time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we got to recognize the importance of time. And in my time, I'm recognizing the importance of it. So therefore, it will lead to me leaving a bag of legs. Okay, man. That was pretty much my last yeah. question, man. You pretty much knocked it out the ballpark, man. Kenny, man, you got anything to say? Man, spit straight facts. Rap. Yeah, spit straight facts, my man. My boy Big Mike came through. Benito. Speaking straight facts, man. Shout out to introduce yourself again, man, for the camera. Look right in, right in that camera right there. Get the people how they can follow you, your website, your social media, man. Shout out to the Warport one time, man. And, uh, and it's a wrap. Got you. What's up? This is Big Bro Mike. I'm on the War Report. You can follow me at, at Michael Inspire on everything, MichaelInspire.com. And you know what to do, man. Don't be invisible, be invaluable. See y'all later. Peace. War Report signing out. Peace, man. <laughs>